thought y'all had another song. So y'all can sit down. <laughs> My grandfather said it was getting gooder and gooder. You know? Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day and for this time. We pray now that as we delve into your word, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight, that it will bring glory and honor to your name. Have your way and may the lessons that we have learned corporately be applied in the lives of your people personally. That we would be able to testify you are too good to just be good. We give you glory and honor now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one of the ongoing complaints of people is they don't have enough. They want more. You fill in the blank, they want more. You want more money, you want more power, you want more responsibility, you, you want more. And while that mentality is both fueled and fostered in the world that we live in, the economy of God is diametrically opposed to that kind of thinking. You see, while we want more stuff, God really wants you to become more of who he has designed you to be. And one of the things that I've learned is that God has a strange way in his economy to giving us what we need. Many times, God does addition by subtraction. God knows how to multiply by dividing. God knows how to give by taking away. And today as we celebrate what God is doing and encourage you in this new year as you move forward, I want to talk to you from the thought how to do more with less. How to do more with less. Uh, this is a message that I have preached in terms of the passage before. But today I want to contextualize it and couch it in our current celebrative state to help us understand that God knows how to do what he wants done even when you don't have what you think you need. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Four things I want you to see that I hope and pray will give you some insight into understanding how you can do more with less. Here's the first thing. Number one, trust God when what he says doesn't make sense with how you feel. Trust God when what he says doesn't make sense with how you feel. The story today centers around the biblical character by the name of Gideon. Those of you who are Sunday school aficionados know about Gideon putting out the fleece to test God. What you may not be aware of is how God used him to bring about one of the greatest victories 
the nation of Israel had ever experienced. And that victory came about because Gideon, instead of allowing fear to paralyze him, exercised his faith in God. Now, in chapter 6 of the book of Judges, the Bible says, verse 11, that the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Here is Gideon. He is part of the nation of Israel, and they are going through this cyclical event of obeying God, being blessed by God, disobeying God in their prosperity, being chastised by God, only to cry out to God to be restored by God and experience prosperity all over again. And what God would do is use their enemies to chastise them. Now, those of you who remember getting a whipping from your mother or your father, imagine how much worse it would have been if your mortal sworn enemy was used by your parents to discipline you. That's what God did with Israel. He would literally call those nations who hated on Israel, who were envious of Israel, who did not like Israel, and God would give them permission to chastise his people. And here's what happens. The Midianites in particular would come down every time the children of Israel began to prosper. They would come and take their goods so that they would prosper at the expense of the children of Israel. So Gideon, afraid to lose the product of the harvest, threshes wheat in the wine press. Knowing that because it wasn't the season to press wine, the Midianites would never look for wheat in a wine press. And the Bible says, the Lord comes to Gideon and says to Gideon, you mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Now watch this. Gideon did exactly what most of us would do if we found ourselves in this kind of situation. Look at verse 13. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Gideon says, hey, I hear what you're saying. But if God was with us, why are we going through all of this? If God was with us, why are we suffering at the hands of our enemies? If God was with us, why are we watching our enemies promoted and us be demoted? If God was with us, God, why are we suffering the way we're suffering? If God was with us, why are we going through what we're going through? And my brothers and sisters, let's be honest. When you find yourself in a situation when you're watching other people go up and you go down, when your prayers are not being answered and it seems like people's prayers are being answered that they haven't even prayed yet, when you're watching other people be blessed, and it seems like you are coming up against every obstacle in life. It's hard to feel like you are that mighty man or that mighty woman of valor. It's hard to feel like God is on your side. But here's what I want you to do. 
you've got to learn how to trust God when what he says doesn't make sense with how you feel. Look at what the text says, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Gideon, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. See, God wanted Gideon to understand what he wants you and I to understand, that no matter how much of an underdog we may be, if God is for us, he is more than the world against us. Yeah. God wants you to understand that he has a plan for your life and he is on your side. So despite what you see, despite how you feel, you have to learn how to trust what God says. He's threshing wheat in the wine press, y'all. Gideon is afraid, and God says, you mighty man of valor. As a matter of fact, Gideon's name means warrior, but he is hiding. Why? Because God is not focusing on where he is. God is focusing on who he is and who he will become. Listen, when people talk about you, they are typically talking about where you are right now. They don't see the divine potential that God has placed in you. And you've got to hear what God is saying because everything you go through in life puts you in a place to be in the process of becoming what God wants you to be. God focuses on who he will be and who he can be, not how he was acting at that moment. And God says the same thing to you. Now, what if I'm going through something? What if I'm going through a struggle? What if I'm going through a hardship? You know what God says? God's presence does not exempt you from problems in life. But the presence of problems doesn't negate his power. The presence of problems in your life does not negate the power of God to move in your life. You got to trust what God says. I, I got to tell y'all something. I got to tell y'all something. Because, man, this, these last four and, a year, four and a half years have been hard, y'all. It's been tough. Financially, we, we've struggled. And when I say we've struggled, it's not like we're going month to month to pay the light bill. It's not that struggle. It, it's, it's having a vision from God, what God wants you to do, and not having the provision to do the vision. For four and a half years, but, but can I tell you how God blessed? I got to tell you how God blessed. And I'm going to see if you get it because the 8 o'clock crowd didn't get it. I'm going to see if y'all get it. <laughs> the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church moved to this location in 1981. In 1981, as this building was being built and completed, the church voted and it was believed that they would have to sell the three lots that the church owned on the corner of Wilson and Solonier Streets in Fourth Ward, Freedmanstown, that they were going to have to sell that property 
to finish the new church sanctuary at 3015 North McGregor, where we're sitting right now. The church said, and the bank said, you're going to have to sell that land in order to finish the building at 3015 North McGregor Way. Now, you see, y'all missed it. They said we would have to sell it to sit where we are right now. And we're sitting here and never had to sell the property. In 2002, 2003, when we went to the bank, put together our, 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 our business plan, and we talked about building the Family Life Center, the Center for Hope, the bank said in order to build the Center for Hope, you're going to have to sell your property in the fourth ward. In order to build the Family Life Center, you want to sell the lot you have in the fourth ward. We built the building and still got the lots. When you buy the promised land, because, Pastor, you don't have any money in order to buy the promised land, you want to sell the lots in the fourth ward to have enough money to buy the promised land so you want to sell your acre downtown to buy five and a half acres next to you. Our name is on the promised land and we still got the land downtown. Y'all not praying with me. Y'all missing it. Because it's not what other folks say that decides what God is going to do. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. I got to hurry on. Number two, trust God when he removes who or what you think you need. Trust God when he removes who or what you think you need. Here is Gideon. The Bible says he is on his way to do battle with the Midianites. He camps by the well of Harad. Verse 1, circle that word Harad. He camps by the well of Harad, and he is on his way to do battle at the hill of Moray. Here he is about to do battle. He's got 32,000 warriors. He's got enough people to be victorious with no question. And God says to him, You've got too many. God, what do you mean? He says, you've got too many. Because if you go and fight with 32,000, you win and then take the credit for the victory I can only give you. He says, so I've got to make sure the odds are stacked against you so much so that there will be no question who gets the glory when you come out victorious on the other side. I, I'm going to help somebody today. So watch what happens. God says, let everybody who's afraid go home. Just tell them they can go home. If they're scared, go, if they're scared, go home. Just go, go home. No hard feelings. Just go home. 22,000, throw him the deuces and say, we're out. 
Gideon still has 10,000. It's not as much as he wants, but God says it's still more than you need. And so he issues a test to whittle that 10,000 down, and 9,700 of them fail the test. 300 are left, and God says, that's the number. God's almighty. Listen to me carefully. They camped at the well of Harad. The word Harad means fear and trembling. So literally, they camped and drank from the well of fear. And when they drank from the well of fear, it mitigated the faith that they had in God. So now, 31,700 warriors leave, 300 are left. Listen to me carefully. Whenever you drink from the well of fear, you will never be able to walk fully in the faith that God wants you to have in him. Fear is false evidence that appears real. Fear reveals the shortcomings of your flesh, the inability of your mind, body, and spirit. But when you have faith in God, you recognize that God can do what you can't do. So here's what God says. You got to trust me when who you thought you needed walks out the door. You got to trust me when what you thought you needed is no longer available. Four and a half years, y'all. Four and a half years. We're talking about millions of dollars of property. Four and a half years. We couldn't touch it. She, she filed a list pendants on it. We couldn't, we couldn't sell it. We couldn't do anything. Four and a half years, all we could do was pay the taxes. Four and a half years, all we could do was clean up the trash that other people dumped on our property. Four and a half years, that's, that's all we could do. The best we could do was park cars for the 4th of July celebration so folk could walk down to, 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 to Tinsley Park and watch the fireworks. Four and a half years. That's all we could do. Four and a half years. And here's what God had to show me. Over the last four and a half years, without the property, we went on television. Last four and a half years, without the property, we, we're streaming around the world. Four and a half years, without the property, we've fed more hungry families. Four and a half years, without the property, we've giving more uninsured people access to health care. Four and a half years without the property, we had a school that was saving lives. Four and a half years with the property locked up, what we thought we needed. God said, no, what you need is not the property. You need me. See, see, too many times, listen to me carefully, too, too many times what we see as an asset, God sees a, as a liability because it's a liability to our faith in God. What, what we begin to rely on is the stuff God provides instead of relying on God. 
we start getting excited about the stuff that God gave instead of getting excited about God. God said, I don't need the stuff to do what I can do. I can do what I can do regardless. And I need somebody in here to know your faith will be tested. God, God's going to your, test your faith because you're going to have some folk that you thought you couldn't make it without walk out the door. You're going to have some folk who said, I'll never leave you. I got your back. I'm down with you like four flat tires. And all of a sudden you turn around and you thought they had your back and they left your back. You're you going to have some things that you thought you needed all of a sudden unavailable to you. And God says, who's going to get the credit for bringing you out? 300 were left. And God says to Gideon, Gideon, that's the right number. That's less than you had, less than you think you need, but it's just enough for me to get the glory. Can you think back to a time in your life when God added by subtracting? Can you think back on a time in your life when God removed some things you thought you needed only to show you who you really need to put your trust and your faith in is God? Come on, somebody help me in here if you know what I'm talking about. Here's the third thing. Number three, you've got to trust God to reveal what you need to know when you need to know it. You got to trust God to reveal what you need to know when you need to know it. So, 300 are left. Gideon tells them, verse 8, take your provisions, your trumpets in your hands, and let's get ready to go. And then the Lord speaks to Gideon, verse 9. He says, Gideon, arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered you, I have delivered them into your hand. But if you are afraid, he says, Gideon, you are going to be victorious, but if you don't believe me and you're scared, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. Everybody say, they say. They say. You shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. He says, Gideon, I, I know you've been quietly wrestling with your own fear issues. And especially now, since you have lost 31,700 troops. I, I know you're worried. I know you're concerned. He says, so here's what I need you to do. I need you to ease down to the enemy's camp. He says, now I want you to take a witness with you because you're going to hear some things that you won't believe and you'll think you're hearing things. You need somebody to be with you. So when you say, did you hear that? They can say, yeah, I heard that. Did you hear that? <laughs> I want you to go down with Pura, eavesdrop on your enemies, and hear what your enemies are saying. I wish I had time to talk about how to be encouraged by your enemies. It, it, you, you know, too many times we get discouraged at the presence of enemies when enemies are really an objective witness to how God is blessing your life. See, see when enemies show up, enemies are telling you you're worth fighting. 
Because God sees you as worth blessing. Listen, listen. I, I, I can't tell you how many times we have to be reminded that the devil doesn't bother anybody God is not blessing. And if you're not bothering the devil, the devil is not bothering you. The Bible says Gideon has to hear the words of the enemy to be encouraged. Okay, so I got to tell y'all something. So, so um, Thursday, closing arguments finish in the case. And I'm not an attorney, um, but I've watched a lot of law and order in my life. Y'all laughing, but I'm going to show you how it helped me. So the plaintiff's attorney, the one that was suing us, that was fabricating some, some things, um, said to me, um, Reverend, I'd, I'd like to talk to you today, um, if that's possible. And so I said, okay, no problem. I'm trying to figure out what he want to talk to me about. And then he came back and he said, uh, Pastor, I, I want to talk to you, and, and it's important I'll talk to you today before you leave. And, and so I, 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 I said to him, well, sir, I, 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 don't, I don't believe in having ex parte communication. Um, <laughs> my law and order moment, y'all. I mean. <laughs> so so I, I need to check with my attorney to see if it's okay. So I, so I go and talk to, to our attorney, and he says, sure, Reverend, go on and talk to him if he wants to talk to you. I said, well, you, you, you want to be in the conversation? I don't need to say a word to him. You can go, go on and talk to him. So he, he Holly said, uh, uh, um, the, the pastor can talk to you um, whenever, whenever you're ready. So I went into the plaintiff's waiting area, and now listen carefully. I want you all to hear this. The property was being sold to this lady for $2.3 million. She didn't show up for closing and didn't put her money in the bank. So we canceled the contract. She sued us to make us sell her the property at that price. $2.3 million. Everybody got that? So his offer was... The grandson, he said, Let, let's settle this before the jury gets back for $2.1 million. I, that was my reaction, y'all. That was my reaction. I was like, hmm? And, and, and then you pay half of her legal fees. And I was like, hmm? Now, I'm thinking to myself, were we in the same courtroom? Because I didn't think we were losing. I, I thought we was doing all right. And then the Holy Spirit said, got him. The devil already sees the victory. <laughs> Spirit said, the devil already sees the victory. So he wants to get you to quit too soon so you can compromise the victory that's on the way. I said, well, I, I certainly appreciate you 
making that grand offer to us, but we'll have to reject that. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll wait for the jury to come back, right? Because here's the point. That's what the devil wants to do with you. The devil always wants to get you to quit before the real blessing shows up. Wants to discourage you, wants to frustrate you, wants you to get you to throw up your hands, throw in the towel, and say it's enough. God says the blessing is on the way. Don't quit too soon. Because if you quit too soon, you will rob yourself of your own blessings. That's why David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Watch this. You are praying, asking God to move the enemy. God says, no, I don't want to move the enemy because I need a witness to your blessings. God says, I can prepare a table right in front of your enemies. I can set the table, lay out the meal right in front of your enemies. I don't need the enemies to be gone. You need somebody who can testify to God's goodness in your life. Here's the last thing, and then I'm going to take my seat. Number four, you've got to trust God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You've got to trust God to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You, you know, one of the things that is freeing in walking with God, and for somebody, man, if you use this and set this as your tone for this year, for the rest of your life, I promise you, your life will be different. You need to accept the fact that you can't control everything. And that's really hard, especially for some of you all who are controllers. You, you want to control everything and everybody. You don't have to say amen. You can just say ouch. I know I'm right about it. God, God, God says, no, there's some stuff you can't control. You have to trust me to do. And you know what happens? Typically, we don't trust God totally until we come to the place of our complete inability. It's only after we have exhausted ourselves, our resources, our contacts, we have been unable now to leverage our relationships to the place and position of victory. When we get to that place, then we go, you know what, Lord, I sure need you now. <laughs> so watch what happens. The Bible says Gideon heard the words of the servants of the Midianites. It went something like this. One of them said, I had a dream. The other one said, really, what you dream? He said, I had a dream that a big barley loaf came down into the camp, turned over our tents, crushed everything. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what that dream means. The other fellow said it could only mean one thing, that Gideon and the children of Israel are going to be victorious. And the Bible says Gideon was encouraged by the words of his enemy. Can, can I tell you something? Instead of being discouraged by your enemy, learn how to be encouraged by him. Like, they, they, your enemy's not going to talk about anybody that's not worth talking about. They're not going to get angry. They're not going to hate on anybody that's not worth being hated on. You, you got to learn how to rejoice when your enemy shows themselves. Look at what the text says, verse 15. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Circle that word. He, he worshipped. He worshipped. 
he worshiped, he honored God. The light bulb went off for Gideon. He honored God. Then watch what the text says. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Then he divided the 300 men that were left into three companies. He put a trumpet into every man's hand and empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. He said to them, look at me and do likewise. Do just like I do. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you do like I do. When I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now watch this. The enemy said the barley loaf could only mean one thing, that Israel and Gideon would be victorious. Gideon says, cry out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I want to share this with you, and I hope you catch the spirit that I'm saying this in. We can never be victorious in life if leadership and fellowship are not on one accord. Can you imagine if some of his 300 said, they said, oh, who Gideon think he is calling out his name? He ain't nobody. He's just a man. He put on his sandals one sandal at a time, just like I put on my sandals. He got a shield. I got a shield. He, he ain't no better than I am. Matter of fact, I think I'm better than he is. God-ordained leadership must be matched with God-led fellowship. Can I tell you how powerful leadership is when it has fellowship with it? The Bible says at the Tower of Babel, Genesis chapter 11, the people were so united in building their tower to the sky that God in the heavens got together and said, if we don't stop them, nothing will. Your home will never be all that God wants it to be if two people in the home are fighting against one another. There's got to be unity in the midst of what you're doing. So watch what this says, verse 20. The three companies blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing, and they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. They blew their trumpets. They broke their pitchers. They held up their torches and they cried out the sword of the Lord and Gideon. Get the picture now. They broke their pitchers, held up their torches, blew their horn and cried out a sword of the Lord and Gideon. I'm getting ready to take my seat. Just stay with me now. They worshiped. They made some noise. Let their light shine and called on his name. They had no weapon in their hand. All they had was worship because they recognized that if God didn't give them the victory, there wasn't going to be a victory. 
Somebody in here needs to know you can do more with less when you trust God to do what you can't do. You can do more with less when you recognize that God can do more even when he removes who and what you thought you needed. You can do more with less when you trust God to reveal what you need to know when you need to know it. And you can do more with less when you trust God to do what you can't do for yourself. Have I got a witness here? I, I, I need to close here, but just, just remember to put your trust in God. God shows Gideon, I can take your little and make up the difference. Wait a minute, just in case I have somebody that doesn't know the story. The Bible says they let their light shine. They made some noise and they called on his name. And the Bible says those three entities, 100 each, surrounded the camp and they made some noise, let their light shine and called on his name. And the Bible says worship was so heavy that the enemy got confused and they began to kill one another. So much so that Gideon and his crowd never had to lift a sword. But God gave them the victory. I'm just telling somebody today, you've got to trust God. Trust God in the less. Trust God in the more. Trust God in the good. Trust God in the bad. Trust God in the morning. Trust God in the noonday. Trust God in the evening. Trust God when the sun goes down. You got to trust him when the storms of life are raging. Trust him when the sun is shining. Trust him in the good times and the bad times. Trust him when you're happy and when you're sad. But wherever you are, whatever you're going through, learn how to put your trust and your faith in God. Yeah! 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 Yes! Because when you can't, have I got a witness in here? God can. And if you've never gotten to that place, keep on living. God will show you who he is. And he can do what no other power can do. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say has been done and has been said, has been pleasing in your sight. We thank you, God, because you have shown us as a church family how to do more with less. Over the last four and a half years, we've touched more lives, blessed more families, helped more people find health and wholeness and healing than we have, I know, in the last 25 years. But we did it with less because while we had less stuff, we had more of you. We had to trust you more. And you opened doors that no man could close and closed doors that no man can open. And God, I pray now that we would be good stewards of what you have blessed us to have again. That when we do it, we would give you the glory in the midst of it all. For somebody under the sound of my voice, God, who may be struggling right now, living with less, help them to know 
that no matter what's missing when you're on their side and you're for them, you're more than the world against them. That we are more than conquerors in you who loved us and died for us. We ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen.